0: Greetings for Steve Jorgensen and for Ex Libris On Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The title of the book is A Woman Named Jackie. And Jackie is spelled in a unique way J A C C H I. I welcome Jackie Maquito to the program. Welcome, Jackie. Hello,
1: Jane. Thank you.
0: Tell me about this book. It is somewhat autobiographical, if I'm understanding the concept, but there also are some fictional accounts included in your narrative.
1: Uh, Yes, there are. Um, It was a 10-year effort on my part. Uh, Here and there, I would remember parts of my childhood and tried to write everything down that I remembered, but then I went into the workforce and kind of forgot about the book for about two or three years, and then I took it from there after and just started every once in a while entering something into my diary. Uh, And that's how it came about.
0: The spelling of your name, J-A-C-C-H-I, has its origins from Japanese heritage, correct?
1: That's correct.
0: And yet, you speak with a Cajun accent. How did that happen?
1: Well, I was born in Louisiana. So if you're born in Louisiana, particularly south Louisiana, you will have somewhat of a Cajun accent. I've never been able to get rid of it, um, and I don't think I want to. I like it.
0: <laughs> well, it's charming. It's charming in its own way. Thank you. Tell me the story behind the story. Uh, what does the the book entail? What's it about?
1: It's a it's a very I think extraordinary and and a, and a shivering account that brings the reader from past, present, and future to a, a kind of a, a fascinating truth. Uh, not a lot of fiction told in the in the haunting tale of Jackie. J-A-C-H-I. She is a kind of a transparent entity. She belongs to her God, and um, I believe it's going to create an indelible imprint on readers. I think so. She, she weaves a tale of love, hate, and envy, and really murderous attempts to stamp out bloodlines and kind of incinerate the spirit of the beautiful ancestral line of a, of a woman that only wanted to be loved and to love. Jackie abounds of religion, mysticism, life after death, voodoo practices of the South, and occult workings uh, of people that are trapped into beliefs and prejudices of long ago that are still felt today in our country, and particularly in the southern uh, half of the United States. Um, Spirits and souls of the departed circle the air of those uh, that are entrapped in the workings of the novel. Um, And it's kind of lusty and sensual, Teases all senses as as tears hate and and some tears pierces the soul of the reader so i think that the faint of heart needs to be wary if they're going to read this
2: book
0: so those who would be most adaptable to embracing this book probably it needs to be at least a pg-13
2: yes at least i would
0: i would ask you to read an excerpt but perhaps not today
1: perhaps not
0: (laughs) how long did it take you to put your book together
1: Well, when I actually started putting it together, uh, it took me about, mm, to put all of the parts uh, in perspective, probably about a year.
0: And you had been... But it's
1: a very short novel. It's not a very long novel.
0: 131 pages, yes. It's short. And you'd been accumulating information and details that you had planned to put into a book for a while then. Yes. And who is Marta in your book?
1: Um Martha is actually um, the baby in the book. Uh, that's how Jackie's big things came about. Um, Martha is a baby that was found along the bayou of the bayou Uh Martha was abandoned um, by a, a young lady that had an illegitimate child and didn't want the public to know about it, so she left it under a tree. Um, and the baby was found by a, a, a African-American little old lady who didn't have any children and took the baby in and hid it from the world so she could hide it uh, no more because she then died Um, and Jackie had to, uh, Martha had to come out into the public work world and make a life for herself.
0: Is that based on a true occurrence in your history or in history of people you know? Yes, yes,
1: this is is based on an occurrence that my my grandparents and, and some great aunts of mine told time after time after time. So it became a truth to me because I didn't have any way of knowing nor records to prove uh, that they were wrong. Um, and they, they each told the same tale over and over again, even moving to different parts of the United States. When I would go to visit them, they would tell me the same story. So um, that's, how, that's how this came about. Like, how did I begin? You know, what happened? You know, who is, who is Martha? And so that's, that's how that started.
0: And that's one of the key characters in your book, in your novel.
1: Yes, she is a key character.
0: How would you introduce this book to someone who doesn't know of you or your writing?
1: Well, I would say that anyone that is interested in um, securing um, any kind of knowledge of their heritage and who's been puzzled by where? who am I, where Where am I from, how did I get here, um, who are my parents, my great-grandparents, um, why do I look so different. Um, and uh, if you're curious at all about w- where you come from and who you are, I think this would be a, a pretty good start book for you because then you, you could realize as a person just doing research how many different nationali- nationalities could be in your uh, past and that's what I came to realize
0: In introducing this book to someone that doesn't know you uh, what do you think is the most charming or outstanding event that uh, you outline in your book
1: hmm. I would think um, the beginnings of Martha, how she evolved um, that's the crux of my story creates the character Jackie That's that's how Jackie came to be um, that's that's uh, from that day forward with all the other characters in the book and all of her relatives um, the woman Jackie became uh, such an iconic figure in my life that that's how I would say that that's, she's the most important character would be the Martha the baby
0: and that identifies a lot of who you are your foundation as a that's
1: exactly right as a heritage that's exactly right. hmm
0: What makes your book different from others out there in the marketplace?
1: It's a a very um, different account of um, someone trying to do uh, an autobiography of their past because it goes from the past to um, the present, kind of dives back into the past, comes back into the present, and then goes on into the future of what may be. I don't know how many books would do that, but mine kind of jumps back and forth until you finally realize what the plot actually is, and um, and that's what I wanted the reader to see, how many different paths your life can take before you become to be the person that you are.
0: You've also included a lot of photos in here. Which photo yeah. do you think is the most interesting?
1: Um let's see oh I got a lot of photos (laughs) the drawings the actual um, uh, drawings you can't see very well in the book because they're in black and white but uh, the drawings are my own Uh, I'm also an artist Um, the pictures are pictures during uh, my lifetime that I've taken of some of my um, special pieces that I've collected of Native American art treasures and Japanese art history um uh, just different things that I, that I still keep in a special room of mine, kind of like a sanctuary of the different uh, statues that I've accumulated and things that I believe in.
0: They're beautifully done. Your, your, your illustrations are charming and, and exquisite. You've done a wonderful job mm-hmm. there.
2: Thank you very much.
0: What was challenging about putting your book together? Was there anything that was difficult to go through in looking at your past and your present and your future?
2: The start
1: and stop of the novel um, started off when I found a diary of mine, Um, and I thought, wow, I wrote all this when I was like six years old. I started writing different things that I remembered um, and sort of um, found notes from my my relatives, my aunts and my uncles and my grandparents of what they believed to be truth of what was happening during their lifetime and their lifetime before them. and when I started, it a start-stop. So I would start a little bit, and then I would go into um, kind of a hibernation state because I couldn't go forward because I had work, I had school, I had all this stuff. I had a child. Um, and, 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 you know, by and large, I got to where I could just, you know, okay, this is it. This year I'm going to finish this novel. And that's, that's what happened.
0: Tell me what you think is the takeaway message from your book.
1: That life revolves around a series of challenges that you face um, as a child, um, as you face growing up as a teenager, um, as an adult, and then finally in your silver years um, that you're going to go into the future with and what you hope will be a life um, from the beyond that you can envision as a person now that you've evolved all these years. What does life hold in the beyond? And to me, it's God, you know, and, and God permitted me to go through all of these life's challenges to be where I am today.
0: So the end of your book, the message is there's positive hope for your future.
1: Oh, there's definitely positive hope. I'm experiencing it right now.
0: Wonderful. Well, I hope that's because you're visiting with me. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> the title of the book, again, is A Woman Named Jackie by Jackie Makito. Thank you for joining me today. Where can I get a copy of your book?
1: You can get a copy online um, into Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. Um, you You can walk into any of the larger bookstores, and I believe that they will have a copy or they can order a copy for you. It comes in paperback and hardback.
0: Have you been challenged enough that you might want to write an additional novel?
1: I'm definitely going to write an additional novel. Definitely. But I uh, don't know when I'm going to start it, but <laughs> I'm going to take a lot of what's happened in this book and bring it forward.
0: Fabulous. Well, we look forward to perhaps visiting with you in the future about your next endeavor.
1: Thank you very much, there. I appreciate it.
0: Jackie, thank you for visiting with us today. For Ex Libris On Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages.
2: Hi everybody, this is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. You look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix.
3: Connect with Juliana and connect with what lies beneath. Friday afternoons at 4 3 central on toginet.com.
0: Welcome back to Ex Libris with your host, Steve Jorgensen.
4: The title of the book, Sleeping with the Enemy, and the author is Lisa Diebel and Lisa joins us now on Ex Libris On Air. Hello, Lisa.
5: Hello. Very happy to be here.
4: Well, great to have you with us. Now, this book, uh, maybe we're dealing with your alter ego here. Is, is that what we're doing?
5: A little bit, yes. Yes,
4: we are. <laughs> Tanya is a interesting character, and in Wade, they kind of get thrown together in a, a very, well, there's romance. It's a suspense romance novel, but the, what would you say? The suspense outweighs the romance, or are they pretty equal?
5: I think the romance uh, outweighs the suspense. It's the other way around. It's a story about uh, a crazy little thing we call love.
4: Crazy little thing we call love, but of course, uh, a a lot of suspense in this love affair because of the situations they get thrown into. But before we get into, um, you know, before we get into more about the book, tell us a little bit about your background and why you decided to do this.
5: Well, I love to write. I, I find it's a great stress reliever for me because when I'm busy focusing on just the right words to express what I'm trying to say, Everything else kind of fades into the background, you know, and all my daily stresses disappear for a while. And I especially like writing fiction because it allows me to enter a whole new world and uh, look at life and explore new situations from someone else's perspective.
4: Who would you say your book appeals to?
5: Well, I think it's for all the romantics out there who will appreciate my quirky sense of humor and, uh, like I say, that lighthearted look at that crazy little thing we call love. It's a, it's a fast-paced tale of embezzlement, murder, passion, and deceit, but it's got some comic relief thrown in there, particularly from Charlie, the uh, Tubby Tabby, who incidentally holds the key to the entire mystery uh, tucked inside his collar.
4: Uh, tubby Tabby, uh, is, that, is he going to be featured in your next novel? I see you're already started.
5: Uh, There will be a psychic cat in (laughs) my next novel, but it
4: won't be Charlie. It won't be Charlie. Okay. But a psychic cat. Of course, everyone needs one of those, of course. Uh, So are you looking for your readers to learn something here? What do you want them to take away from, you know, from your book?
5: I just want them to smile. And not only at the end of the book, but also all the way through it. I want them to think it was a fun read. Uh, That didn't take itself too seriously, uh, and that the time they invested in reading it was uh, time well spent.
4: Well, this looks like it could be a very, very big hit on the big screen.
5: Well, I have been told that it reads like a movie script, so you never know.
4: So if there's some, you know, why don't we kind of select some scenes or some characters you'd like to highlight, give us a little taste of the movie, which is, of course, the book.
5: Right, okay. Well, at the beginning of Chapter 2, Tanya wakes up in the motel room and discovers she has no idea where she is, or who she's with, and eventually even who she is. So, right in the middle of a heated argument, she suddenly realizes she'd rather kiss her captor than fight him. And then just as their first kiss is about to happen, the police burst through the door and uh, Tanya makes an emotional decision to protect Wade rather than turn him in for kidnapping her from the hospital bed.
4: If you were to, to kind of sum up, you know, how would you sum up the book? I mean, how would you tell somebody in a, in a short, short way of what your book's about?
5: Well, I'd say that it's a modern-day love story that takes, like I say, that lighthearted look at a crazy little thing called love. It's it's a tongue-in-cheek, fast-paced tale of embezzlement, murder, passion, and deceit, uh, where two individuals must reconcile their growing attraction to each other, uh, even though common sense tells them not to go there.
4: Lisa, why don't you give us another scene from your book that uh, would give us an idea of? Uh you know, about the plot and what's really going on here.
5: All right. Well, there's a point in the book where Tanya is grabbed by FBI agents who want to speak with her quietly, but then Wade bursts in on the scene and takes a swing at one of them because he thinks they're the people who killed his brother-in-law and they're now after Tanya. And just moments after they get everything all straightened out, Wade's truck gets blown up in the parking lot after a runaway grocery cart hits it, and then they realize how much danger they they truly are in. So then when the FBI agents pressure Tanya to go with them for protection, uh, she convinces Wade to let her remain with him, and this is the point where they decide to go deep undercover and solve the mystery on their own. But first, Wade has to sneak into Tanya's apartment to rescue her cat, in order to uh, stop Tanya from trying to do it herself. So there's a lot going on, it's very fast paced, and it's just one event after the other.
4: So as you've pointed out, the suspense, romance, uh, there's a fair bit of humor, uh, but what else sets it apart? So
5: I, I think because Tanya's extremely impulsive, it, it creates some really amusing interaction between the two characters. And because the book is fast paced, there's very little narrative, and uh, it's a quick, easy, and entertaining read that really doesn't take itself too seriously. But I actually had a lot of fun writing this story because of the fact that Tanya is, in many ways, my alter ego. You know, I'm quiet, reserved, sensible, whereas Tanya is impulsive, fiery, and, and stubborn. And I believe that these qualities are what will make Tanya so likable for my readers, because I think there are a lot of us out there who really wish we could be more like her. Not necessarily all the time, but every once in a while it would be great just to let it all hang out and not care if anyone disapproved or not. And as for Wade, he's about as close to Mr. Perfect as any man might get. You know, he's that that special someone that we all dream about, who will hopefully... ...materialize and sweep us off our feet... ...and make us swoon with passion... ...and transform our lives from mundane to magical. But of course, we all know that no one's truly perfect... ...and, and unfortunately, neither is Wade. You know, once he found out Tanya had amnesia... ...he decided deception would be the path of least resistance... ...and so he took the easy way out. But when he falls for Tanya... ...and then his conscience is burning with guilt... ...he can't quite figure out how to come clean with her and keeps making things worse. So in the end, he's got a real mess to clean up. And I think Wade's fear of rejection is what makes his character so believable and at the same time makes us shake our heads and think, "Uh uh-oh, buddy, you shouldn't have done that.
4: (laughs) So when and where does your story take place?
5: Well, it takes place near Seattle, Washington in modern times. And I chose a U.S. location because I really wanted to emphasize that the storyline although you could call it um, a little wacky, uh, could in theory really and truly happen anywhere where religion is separate from the state. And since I'm a West Coast woman at heart, I chose to make it happen in Seattle.
4: Well, sum it up for us. Uh, What words would best describe the story? What words would best describe the characters?
5: Well, I think the story would be passion, deceit, and fast-paced. And for Tonya, it would be impulsive, fiery, and stubborn. And for Wade, it would be sexy, uh, protective, and resourceful.
4: What would you say was the most challenging part of writing your book?
5: Well, I think my biggest challenge was finding the courage to actually publish it. I kept going back to polish this part and rewrite that part. But eventually, there came a time where I had to put down the keyboard and uh, say, okay, this is it, and get brave enough to say, here's my story for everyone to evaluate. And that was a really tough thing for me to do. It, it was a very mm-hmm. vulnerable feeling to, to put my part of myself out there and, and be open for criticism.
4: The greatest reward from writing your book?
5: Finally achieving my dream of being a published author. And it was so wonderful to finally do it and have my family and friends and colleagues read the book and and say, oh, it was a great read. That was really, really rewarding.
4: Anything else you'd like to share with us about your book that we haven't covered?
5: Well, being said in modern times, my book incorporates uh, a few modern-day issues. Uh, Number one, um, there's a fine line between love and hate. And it's that fine line that causes so many problems in the world, just as it causes problems beti- between Tanya and Wade. And second, uh, there's a common moral dilemma in the book that I think everybody faces in their lives in one form or another, and that is, when does the end justify the means? If you betray the trust of someone who is vulnerable, dependent upon you, then what type of a person does that make you? And... When is that ever justifiable? Uh, third, the story explores the vulnerability of amnesia. What if you were to wake up one morning and not know where you were, who you were, or anything about your past, and then some stranger said to you there's some unknown person trying to kill you? I mean, How would you react, and who would you trust? Uh, what would you be more inclined to believe? your gut instinct, or your common sense? And which one do you think you could trust more? But, you know, despite the uh, the seriousness of these issues, what I really want to do is give my readers a way to ponder them in a lighthearted way. And if I've done that, then I've accomplished my goal.
4: A lot of suspense, a lot of romance with a sprinkling of humor... Sleeping with the Enemy, that's the title of Lisa's book, Lisa Dibel. Lisa, tell us how to get your book. How do we order it?
5: You can order it online at um, Barnes & Noble, uh, exlibris.com, and a number of other online retailers.
4: Thank you so much, Lisa, for being with us on Ex Libris On Air.
5: Thank you.
0: Ex Libris returns after these short messages. Welcome back to Ex Libris with your host Steve Jorgensen. Greetings for Steve Jorgensen and for Ex Libris on air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. I'm honored to visit with Coral Boucher about a book she has written titled "Sanctuaries United." And Coral visits me from Australia. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Jay. This is a relatively short read of 48 pages, and my understanding was you were in the process of writing maybe your autobiography, and this idea came to you, and you decided to write this book. Tell me what motivated you to write a story about animals and about Sanctuaries United.
2: I've always loved animals, and um, for quite some time I'd been watching a documentary on animals, and... um it came to me.
0: Were you concerned about the welfare of animals, perhaps? Is that one of the reasons you very, wrote the book? Very,
2: very much, yes. They're, they're in, um, um, and, well, I just loved animals, and and the story just, it, it had to be written.
0: And as a young person, you spent a lot of time in a farming situation or farming community.
2: Yes, I did. Yes. And, um, in the bush in Australia, there were a lot of animals around, uh, native animals, and um, some of those are, are very um, unique, and it'd be wonderful to, to be able to do something to ensure that they are uh, looked after.
0: And your, your main character, your main heroine in the story, her name is Ruth. And Ruth is an individual that loves and takes care of animals in a... Is it a sanctuary that she has uh, uh, attached herself to, to work with animals?
2: Yes, it's a sanctuary. I started off calling it a zoo, but I I didn't believe the zoo That was the wrong name for it because it was actually a sanctuary, a zoo to my... Thinking is just somewhere where they have animals and uh, just for, to show people. whereas at sanctuary they were making um, making sure the animals were kept in uh, ha- habitats that they were used to, and also they wanted to keep up a uh, breeding program to try and um, help them out.
0: Do some of the animals in your story, are they in need of uh, special attention, special care?
2: They, most of the animals are very, the exotic animals are, are very sensitive. And if they're not in the right habitat, they become very, can become, just die from lack of not not having their correct habitat. And they are in need of special care.
0: And Ruth has a favorite or a couple of favorite pets that she develops a relationship with. One in particular is a small monkey. And I thought I had read something also about a small donkey. Uh, That was one of the other animals I thought I had read about. However, I did read the part about the monkey she was caring for. This book has an interesting flow to it. It's conversation and also uh, insight into how to take care of animals who do you think will enjoy reading Sanctuaries United?
2: Particularly animal lovers and um, anyone who's interested in the conservation of animals. And I think just anyone.
0: Is there anything in the process of writing this that took a long time? Uh, did it come to you very quickly, writing the story?
2: The story took very, it was very, very quick. It started out as a short story and just became a bit longer and uh, surprised me when it became a book.
0: You also write poetry. Have Have you written any poetry that has an animal theme to it?
2: Um, only one which has animals wandering around and... Um, and uh wombat, who was likely to be in trouble with his wife for being late home and and uh, just a just a whimsical type of poem
0: you have uh, a background in uh, business in addition to writing. How long have you had a desire to to write and be an author?
2: I've always wanted to write ever since I was a child. I used to write essays at school and um just write stories for my own enjoyment I never ever imagined that I could ever be an author it wasn't even in my head it was only during the, the process of writing that book and 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 my other book that I realized or I was I was encouraged to think that it may be a book
0: you have a talent obviously from what i have read it's a very nice conversational flow were there books that you read as a child or as a younger person that inspired you and uh, that you think were great books that people should have read or should read
2: yes i think that um that's probably the case that i was a very just a reader who who just read anything anything i could get my hands on Anything to do with animals, certainly, but uh, anything to get, that
0: i got my hands on. Do you remember the first novel that you read as a child or that was read to you? No. Long no, time long, long time, long ago. ago. <laughs> I, I remember grade school, and I think it was Dick and Jane something or other. I think that was the first reading book that I ever was exposed to, and it certainly didn't inspire me to become an author, unfortunately. I admire people who can do so.
2: Yes, I do remember the Dick and Jane stories.
0: Was there any personal advice that you received in your uh, business career or in writing books that stands out to you that was excellent advice you'd want to pass along?
2: Well, my, my story that I would like to pass on is never, never give up. Just go for what you want to do, and you never know. It might, it might come true.
0: It's important to have a positive attitude about whatever you're doing and you obviously have done so in in, uh, your writing and the fact that you still enjoy reading. How would you introduce this book uh, Sanctuaries United to someone? How would you tell them that they should get interested in reading this story?
2: If they they love animals definitely Um, a reading which uh, would touch their hearts and Anyone who is interested in romance, it would touch their hearts in that way, too. My girlfriend said, you're a rat. You made me cry. <laughs> so
0: I'm not sure about calling you a rat, but it is a recommendation of your work.
2: Any, just anyone. It, it, it's just a, a, a read for anyone, and quite a short one so that you're not um, tied up with something for too long. It's just a, just a nice, quick read.
0: And my understanding that uh, you have noted there are no naughty bits in this book, so children through adults would enjoy reading the story.
2: Yes, definitely, yes.
0: Was there anything challenging that you uh, had to overcome to get this book published and written?
2: It's always um, a challenge to have any publisher look at a work by a new author if you're not well known it's very difficult for a publisher or an agent to even look at you, let alone even read your book. It's very, as I said, very difficult for new authors to get a look in.
0: You've always said you've enjoyed challenges so this was a challenge that you were able to address and get the book published. That's commendable.
2: Yes, thank you.
0: Any underlying themes that you'd like to share that you think are important about this particular book and this story?
2: Only to do everything possible to help the uh, endangered species. I don't think it was this book but the sequel where I wrote quite a bit about places which say they are zoos but they actually are just keeping animals there as a holding pen, if you like, for um, hunters. And then they mm. sell them out to a game factory, a game safari things, and people are guaranteed that they will get their heads for the day. And uh, they're actually penned in, in, say, six-foot pens, and there's no way that they could miss so that they would definitely be, get their pens. And this goes on very, very much all over the world. So feel that uh, there's a lot needed to be done.
0: Well, that's an important message. A lot of people are not aware of that. And you say you have completed a sequel to this book. What's the title of that?
2: I haven't completed the sequel, and I haven't even got a, t- a title yet. I have almost finished it, but um, I was forced to take things a bit easy for a while so that had to go on the back burner but the other book my uh, autobiography is almost ready to be printed it's in production at the moment and um that's a great read because that's the story of my life in Australia growing up in the bush with virtually no modern cons just living off the land and um there are a lot of people today who would just love to get out out of the rat race and live off the land. I think that book is going to be a real winner.
0: I think that'll be an exciting read. I hope we get an opportunity to visit about, uh, about that when it's uh, completed and, and in the marketplace. This book is titled Sanctuaries United, and our author is Coral Boucher. Coral, where can we get a copy of your book?
2: Ex Libris has them on sale, Barnes & Noble, and um, Amazon. You can get a copy there. At the moment, there are some bookstores who have them available, but I'm hoping that there'll be more uh, very soon.
0: And I'm sure that individuals, if they request it at the local bookstores, can get it ordered in, so that's another option for them. And for those who are listening... If you want to keep in touch with Coral Boucher, then do a web search under Coral, C-O-R-A-L, and last name is spelled B-O-U-C-H-E-R, and you'll find out about her other publications when they become available. Thank you, Coral, for visiting me today.
2: Thank you, Jay.
0: For Ex Libris On Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Join Steve Jorgensen next week at the same time as he explores the passion and the inspiration behind the works of today's authors, right here on Ex
3: Libris On Air.